Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Thank you for joining me. This is Dr. Fred. And of course, at the top of the transcript, I've got a bunch of links for you to consider and to check out uh, for your research. I think you may enjoy some of those. Uh, They're enlightening. They kind of ask some questions and force some answers as well. Well, today we're going to be talking about Judas, a successful hypocrite. You know, it's interesting how global society has changed over the decades since I was a kid and probably for you as well, depending on your age. Satan has been busy using numerous people as his personal tools to create change needed to usher in the final global kingdom, first highlighted in Daniel 2, to be dominated over by the Antichrist. Now, one such individual Satan is currently using, besides all the names you normally hear, in big ways is a guy by the name of Yuval Noah Harari, and he just happens to be Klaus Schwab's top advisor. I've got a link in the transcript so you can listen to this man pontificate about what he thinks is right and wrong. And uh, interesting enough, he is completely humanistic and godless. Um, His words instantly make the Christian realize who Harari is speaking for because of the emphasis that he poses on feelings. There's a short clip of Harari providing his opinion on how society today determines truth. So you may want to listen to that. He really there argues against the Bible and against God's commands. Interesting the way uh, Satan uses so many Jews to attack God, isn't it? It is astounding that mankind in large measure has really devolved to the point where critical thinking has been dutifully replaced by feelings. Increasingly, and on a grand scale, feelings are used to decide truth. And that's a growing concern for those of us who still think critically. The reality of this all goes back to the real birth of the left, which didn't really happen in the 60s, but it kind of congealed or congealed uh, in the uh, 1960s, and especially with Woodstock. And I may go over that in an upcoming article. But decades ago, the saying you've heard many times, if it feels good, do it has really become the foundation for much of what occurs today. Could this be why, for instance, Admiral Rachel Levine was named one of the Women of the Year because of Levine's transgenderism? Well, if we could sum up 2 Timothy 3, 1-5, we'd note that people in the end times will live simply by how they feel about things. Kind of reminds me of reading through Judges where it says, and there was no king in Israel, everyone did as they pleased. Feelings are becoming society's moral compass by and large. Now, of course, feelings are not necessarily bad, and I don't want to give the implication that they are. However, when we use them to determine truth or falsehood, those emotions used can easily sidetrack us since they were never meant to be arbiters of truth. It's a very quick way for Christians to shipwreck their faith, go down the path of emotions, leaving knowledge uh, and truth behind. So during the CV lockdown and the mandates, leaders within Christendom got involved by using many reasons to attempt to guilt Christians 
into receiving the CV jab. Now, if you're one of those individuals who took the jab solely because you wanted to, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Christian leaders who got up and tried to make all Christians feel guilty if they didn't go and get the CV jab. There are people who cannot handle vaccines because of underlying health conditions. And uh, those Christian leaders who got up and just made these blanket statements never took into consideration any of those people. But the one I heard most often as an excuse to get the jab was, gosh, if we really truly love each other, and love others, we will submit to the jab and not worry about any potential adverse effects, including death. These same leaders within Christendom who said that also often intoned Jesus would get the CV vax. Well, this statement is based on nothing other than feelings. Would Jesus have gotten the CV vax? I can't imagine it personally, and there's nothing in the scriptures that proved he would. The same applies to wearing masks. Numerous studies have shown that the only masks that make any difference at all are the 3M 6,000 or 7,000 respirators and above. But while they help the wearer, they do nothing for anyone else nearby. Let's not even talk about the level of quality mask worn by scientists working closely with lethal viruses in laboratories. I mean, it it gets a little bit ridiculous to think that a cloth mask is going to keep people from getting a virus that's supposedly lethal and deadly, and it has been for some, but imagine imagine a scientist in in a laboratory wearing a cloth mask. They wouldn't. That'd be a joke. Well, this growing dependence on feelings is really a snare, that easily draws people away from actual truth. And because so many people tend to go by how they feel these days, they often become successful hypocrites. And yet they're completely unable to see their own hypocrisy. They fail to see that their feelings are taking them down the wrong path. And they end up being living contradictions. Content with who they are, they firmly believe they are not only not hypocrites, but actually righteous This perceived righteousness often creates within them a level of, I guess you could call it righteous indignation and even hostility toward those who don't agree with them. You may have been on the receiving end of that. So this is true of so many areas in society today, so much in the way people think, including the notoriously vapid and uh, difficult to absorb climate change, which seems to be driving much of what the world faces today. Climate change alarmists, they moan, they groan, they whine about carbon footprints. They want people to have only electric cars or nothing, not realizing or even caring that to create the components for an electric car, including the batteries, fossil fuels are needed. To charge an electric car, fossil fuels are are also needed. What is the difference in uh, using oil from within the continental United States or buying oil from Russia, Venezuela, Iraq, or someplace else? Isn't the same carbon footprint being used? In fact, wouldn't the oil be cleaner coming from the USA since there are so many federal regulations already in place to protect environments that other countries do not necessarily have? Why is the carbon footprint allegedly better if the oil comes from outside the USA? Well, I submit that it's not. 
Recently, one particular news organization produced an article stating with respect to the Russia-Ukraine situation that if Putin ends up using nuclear bombs, the, the problem will be what it does to the earth and our climate. They weren't concerned about the toll that it would take on people. I mean, this is completely nuts because of evolution. God's creation has been upended and reversed, turned upside down, with human beings dropping to the low end of the totem pole and everything else, animals, fish, trees, shrubs, elevated above humanity as being far more important. God made humanity as the very pinnacle of his creation, tasked to rule over and subdue creation. Have we abused part of it? Certainly. There are always ways to conserve and better use resources more intelligently. But this does not mean we allow people to die from starvation to reduce the world's population so that the ultra-rich can enjoy the world with fewer people in it while those who do remain subsist on the crumbs they allow to fall from their flowing table. Well, with all the talk of climate change and the Green New Deal that will force everyone to have an electric car and a very small carbon footprint or else, the truth is that there is absolutely no global infrastructure in place for that type of system yet. Instead, globalists simply want to take away what we now have and really don't care if it gets replaced with anything. But who can afford a $50,000 plus electric car? There are not enough charging stations to go around, and it will take decades to build them. Even then, those charging stations, as I said, use fossil fuels to generate electricity. And it's not made out of thin air, is it? Something has to burn or be used in order to create it. Unless, of course, we're using hydroelectric dams. But that's not going to work too well for charging stations set all over the place. Moreover, many cities do not have adequate public tra transportation already, and certainly rural areas don't. The solution is not to force people away from fossil fuels driven vehicles, at least until something else is fully operational to replace it. But that doesn't seem to be the case. The left has their feels on display all the time and because they're so easily rattled flying off the handle quickly into attack mode is their normative response with anyone who disagrees with them though some leftists are far more nuanced and studied able to reflect what they feel with more aptitude than the average leftist their reasoning still normally falls flat when you cut right through it so in listening to them one would think that they absolutely believe what they're saying in reality they don't believe it. They're simply, they've simply said it so often that it's part of their mantra. It's, it's like young people at Woodstock believing that drugs, rock and roll, food and everything else should always be free. Really? On whose dime? Because nothing is really free. Woodstock is a very interesting scenario that people held up as what could have been the future. There are huge problems with Woodstock, though, and I'm not simply talking about politics, and as I said, maybe we'll address it in a future article. So leftism has been around for centuries in numerous forms. In fact, one of the original 12 apostles was one. He would be classified as a leftist today, but Judas was a different type of leftist, somewhat like many today in evidence, evidencing their feels. Judas was a socially progressive individual who would have felt at home among today's average leftists. So if Judas were alive today, 
I have no doubt he'd be joining the climate change crowd and also calling for mandatory CV shots and masks and lockdowns. Consider this one example from his life. From uh, John 12, 5, when Mary brought in her alabaster jar of oil, poured it over our Lord, literally anointing his body for his upcoming death, crying tears at his feet, wiping them with her hair, Judas had only one thought. Here it is, quote, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Unquote. Oh, thanks, Judas. Gosh, yes. Why wasn't it sold and given to the poor instead of anointing our dear Lord? What a waste. Right, Judas? Judas took what he wanted from the money bag that he was in charge of at the time. John 12, 6, quote, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it, unquote. John saw Judas's hypocrisy, and others may have as well, I'm sure. Here was Judas pretending to show concern for the poor, all the while he had no problem enriching himself through theft from the treasury whenever he felt like it. Judas didn't really care about the poor, Though that was his excuse to complain, he was virtue signaling. Outwardly, it made him look good and sound good, but God saw his heart. Even John saw his heart because he saw Judas's actions. Judas was more likely thinking of the value of the oil and how much he could have pocketed from it. A perfect picture of the left and their ungodly virtue signaling. Judas was a successful hypocrite, and our world is filled with them today. They're in all walks of life, and unfortunately, many of them are also in today's pulpits. These specific leaders within Christendom are in it for what they can get out of it. They use carefully chosen words to project their concern for the underprivileged in order to appear caring. Now, many of these leaders are little more than con artists, religious charlatans, using deceptive words and feelings and phrases with much emotion to deceive those within their congregations. The goal that they have is ultimately their own enrichment. I've lost track of how many leaders within Christendom have been seen for who they are in private while publicly pretending they're a leading voice for the downtrodden and the poor of this world. It's worse than a joke. It's religious criminality. But of course, it doesn't stop with leaders within Christendom. Too many politicians today gain much from insider trading, lobbyists, and backroom deals, all the while pretending they care about the little person. Their main weaponry is feels and virtue signaling, and constantly being used against us. How is it so many in Congress have become multimillionaires on a salary of about $175,000 a year? This is the day and age in which we live, folks, and I'm sure you've noticed it, where hypocrites are seen as truly virtuous, while the rest of us who think critically and work hard to provide for family and want the Constitution upheld are seen as the terrorists. They intend to target us by any means necessary. That's what the DHS has just come out with and said. You know, we can push to have the right candidate in office, right? And do what we can to get them voted in. But as long as Dominion voting machines continue to be used, good luck with that. And aside from that, what we can do, though, is find a group of solid Christians who understand what's going on and stick with them. 
That may come from your local church, your immediate family, or both. And if you cannot find a quality local church, do what you can to find local Christians who are solid in their relationship with the Lord. It can start there, even if it's only one or two of them. Thank you so much for joining me today. And this has been Dr. Fred with another episode of Study, Grow, Know. And until we meet again, I pray that God will open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in Him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 